This is a Kindling Kids podcast. We're the Fact Detectives and we love investigating cool facts about cool stuff. And to help us, we chat with some very smart grown-ups who know all the cool facts about everything. Hey Annika, what kinds of creatures live at the bottom of the ocean? I know a few fact detectives. Hi Mel! Mel is a marine biologist at Museums Victoria. Tell us everything you know, Mel. I'll try. What's your first question? Fact one! How deep is the deepest part of the ocean? The deepest part of the ocean is called the Challenger Deep, which lies south of Japan in the Mariana Trench. It's almost 11 kilometres deep. That's even deeper than Mount Everest is high. Wow! But even off the northwest of Australia, in our Indian Ocean territories near Christmas and Cocos Islands, it can be over six kilometres deep. Have you been there? Yes, I went with a bunch of scientists on a voyage on Australia's research ship, the RV Investigator, to find out what the seabed looked like and discover what animals lived there. What did you find? Well, as we mapped the hidden seafloor, we discovered ancient, dinosaur-aged seamounts. What's a seamount? Seamounts are mountains under the sea. Sometimes they even reach all the way to the surface or even poke through so the top looks just like a normal island. Christmas and Cocos Islands actually sit at the top of two of these mountains. We also mapped extinct volcanoes that formed over a hundred million years ago. Whoa! What's it like working on a boat? Did the waves get big and did you get seasick? Yep. Sometimes the waves were so big we had to chain our chairs to the floor and put pillows under our mattresses so that we didn't roll out of bed. No way! Yep. And we had to shower holding onto handrails and put sticky mats on our tables when we ate dinner so that our plates didn't slide off. Living and working on a ship is very different to working on land. It can be anything from amazing to a bit queasy. Some people were very seasick. Luckily, I was okay, but I still needed to eat some ginger chews to settle my stomach. Back to... What's it like down in the deep sea? Well, first, let's start at the top. From sea level down to about 200 metres below the surface is pretty light, and it's called the epipelagic or sunlight zone. This is where you'll see tuna swimming around and dolphins and turtles. On this voyage, we could see spinner dolphins and even blue whales from the ship. And some flying fish even landed on the deck. Awesome! Anything below 200 metres is called the deep sea. But there are different animals at different levels. Between 200 and 1,000 metres under the surface is called the mesopelagic or twilight zone. It's pretty murky, so plants can't use sunlight to live here. And lots of animals that live here actually make their own light. This is where you might find things like swordfish or even a giant squid or a vampire squid swimming around. Wait a second. Did you just say vampire squid? Does it really suck your blood? (laughs) No, it won't suck your blood. But it does have a webbing of skin between its arms, so it looks like it's wearing a cape. And when it flips this, you can see scary-looking spines down its arms. Cool! 
below a thousand meters, the ocean is dark because sunlight can't reach down that far. And it's chilly, about four degrees Celsius, just like your fridge. The bathypelagic or midnight zone is a thousand to four thousand meters below sea level. That's where you might find things like sponges, sea stars, and anglerfish. Aren't anglerfish the ones with sharp and pointy teeth? And a funny light hanging in front of their faces? That's right. They're pretty much all teeth. Only the females have the lure with the light, and they use it to bait their prey and then swallow them up. Their mouths are so big they can eat prey twice their size. Wow! At 4,000 to 6,000 meters below sea level is the area known as the abyss. It can look quite bare, like a desert plain. And the temperature is only just above freezing, and the pressure is intense. At 4,000 metres, there is over 400 atmospheres of pressure. That's more than 400 times the pressure at sea level. So, if you were filled with air, you would be totally squished. The abyss is actually the largest, deepest habitat on the planet, much bigger than any desert or rainforest. Because it's so dark in the abyss, some animals, like the faceless fish, have stopped using their eyes. In fact, the faceless fish has no eyes or even eye spots at all. Seriously? Did you scuba dive down there? No, the deep sea is too deep to scuba dive. And we didn't have a submarine on our voyage, so instead we sent down some cool scientific equipment over the side on giant winches. There were cameras and giant water bottles and mini fishing nets and sleds. Fact three! What creatures did you find? Lots of different kinds of fish and crabs and urchins and sponges, worms, barnacles, jellyfish and, of course... Sea cucumbers and sea spiders. Do they sound familiar? Yes! We already investigated those with you. Yes, you did. Let me tell you about the cookie cutter shark. It's a small, sneaky shark that latches onto larger animals with its sharp teeth and takes a neat, circular, cookie cutter chunk out of marine mammals and larger fish. No way! So it doesn't kill them? No, it usually just takes a bite or two. Ew, gross! Did I mention it's also bioluminescent? What does that mean? That means it can glow in the dark. Awesome! Lots of deep sea animals can make their own light thanks to a chemical reaction known as bioluminescence. In the deep sea, we think it's usually used for three main reasons. One, to communicate, for example, to attract a mate. Two, to attract or catch prey, like the fishing lure on the anglerfish or the dragonfish that uses a bioluminescent torch to expose its prey. Or number three, to help an animal hide or escape, like the lights in the belly of a lantern shark that help to cancel out its shadow or the glowing arm of a brittle star that can be dropped and wiggle off like a tasty worm. That's smart. If Halloween ever went to the deep sea, the fangtooth fish would win all the prizes. It's black and scary looking, but it's only about 17 centimetres long. That's small. Yep, but compared to its body, its teeth are massive. 
In fact, it has a special safety pouch in the top of its mouth to sheath the daggers in its lower jaw. Whoa! Can they bite us? No, they're not dangerous to humans at all. Phew! Then you've got pancake urchins. They can have poisonous spines. But this can also provide protection for young fish that hide near them when they feed. Pancake urchins look nice and round and spiky when they're filled with water on the seafloor. But they collapse flat like a pancake when they're out of the water. Fact 4! Why are deep sea animals so strange? Some of the animals living so far under the sea look very weird to us. But I bet we look weird to them too. They're actually just suited to their environment and have developed some amazing adaptations, like bioluminescence, to survive. Some look blobby, red or black, have lights, big eyes, or even no eyes or fangs. And often, even though they might look scary, a lot of them are actually quite small. Why are some of them red? Well, red light is absorbed quickly by water, so as you go deeper and deeper, it gets harder to see. And even from about 5 to 10 metres, you can't see red. So that means that red is basically invisible in the deep sea. So it's a great way to hide. That makes sense. It's so dark in the deep sea that many creatures are also black. And some of them are even ultra black, so that they can hide from predators and sneak up on their prey. Cool! Many creatures are also blobby due to the intense pressure down there. Most deep sea animals are filled with water that can't be squashed rather than air, which is why they often look so blobby. Like what? Well, one of my favourites is the adorable batfish. It's a deep sea anglerfish, but is thought to use a chemical lure hidden above the mouth rather than a light bulb to attract its prey. It's kind of blobby and bumpy and covered in tiny little spines, and it walks on thickened fins along the seafloor. We talked about sea cucumbers in a previous episode. They're really squishy. And then there's the bony-eared assfish, whose name is thought to refer to a donkey, not a bum. (laughs) It's an eel-like fish that kind of looks like a blue tadpole. It has a tapered, flabby body, very small eyes and a tiny brain. What do deep sea creatures eat? In the deep sea, a lot of animals are opportunistic, which means that they will eat anything they can. Like what? If something like a dead whale or seal falls down deep enough, it's a real buffet for animals like snails, crabs and flesh-eating amphipods. And then even more creatures, like zombie worms, move in to eat up the bones. But of course it depends on the animal and their adaptations or speed. For example, ambush predators like anglerfish with fishing lures and big teeth might eat shrimps and small fish, while other animals might feed on marine snow that they sieve from the water or vacuum from the seafloor. What's marine snow? It looks white and fluffy like regular snow, but it's actually bits of dead stuff, even poo and other organic matter that floats down, down, down from the surface of the ocean to the seafloor. Try this at home! You might not be able to dive to the deep sea, but if you're really lucky, you might be able to see some bioluminescent plankton at the beach at night. They sometimes turn whole waves bright blue. Wow! 
And remember that we're still learning more about the deep sea and its creatures and how we can protect them. Every research voyage, we find amazing animals that we've never seen before. And luckily, our technology is getting better and better. We can finally see what the animals look like in their natural habitat and how they move, behave and feed. It's amazing. Thanks, Mel. Anytime, Fact Detectives. This has been another super fun episode of the Fact Detectives with me, Dexter, and me, Annika. Big thanks to Melanie McKenzie, who is a marine biologist at Museum Victoria. If you love finding out the facts as much as we do, then check out all the episodes on the Kindling app. And if you have a big topic you would like us to investigate, then get in touch at factdetectives at kindling.com.au. This episode of The Fact Detectives is a Kindling co-production with Melbourne Museum. To find out more about the world around you, head to museumsvictoria.com.au.